This is a Power 98.7 podcast. Now we're talking. Subscribe to Power 98.7 podcasts in iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. There's more on power987.co.za. We do know that the travel in Daba is currently underway uh, in Durban. It is the largest expo on the African continent. Its role really is to showcase the tourism potential um, of Africa, not just South Africa. And just by way of some of the numbers that we see globally, the tourism uh, industry contributes 10% of global GDP. So another way of putting that is to say 10% of all economic activity in the world is derived from the tourism sector alone. So that's significant. Its value internationally is 9 trillion US dollars. Times that by 16 and you can work out what it is in rands. My math is not that good. So if you can count, you'll let us know. $9 trillion worth of an industry. Africa's share of that global tourism pie is really quite nominal. It's nearly just 1%. So it could be much, much more. And of that 1%, um, South Africa is the country that gets the largest percentage of traveler figures onto the African continent. And I think it's for obvious reasons. Uh, South Africa is gifted with many natural endowments. Um, The endowments we talk about, the mountains in Cape Town, the ocean of the Atlantic, the Indian, uh, the mountain range, in Kaslamba. Um, in the Drakensberg, uh, the mountains around Limpopo, the Waterberg, um, the Three Sisters in Mpumalanga, the riverbeds, and a lot of beautiful savannah. And that's what South Africa has to trade. South Africa also has what they call tourism infrastructure, which is great hotels, enough beds. Um, it's got, you know, an airport that can uh, handle the aviation traffic, never mind what happened to SAA. Um, And then you've also got great restaurants, hospitality and tours. So when you have the tourism infrastructure, it just makes it easier to attract a lot of tourism uh, visitor numbers. But South Africa could do much, much more because this tourism sector can contribute significantly to the economy, its growth and to jobs. Okay, enough of my waffling. Chifiwa Chivengwa is the CEO of the Tourism Business Council. The woman's welcome to Power 98.7. Thank you for having me and uh, good morning to you and to your listeners. Thank you so much. And I know we've taken you out of meetings because it is the big travel in Daba Expo. But let's talk about what South Africa has to offer. I've spoken about the natural endowments, the good weather, the mountains, the bushveld. But what else? What makes a great travel experience? Well, you know, when, when when you talk about this country, you know, our country, uh, you're talking about a country that has everything that the world has in one place. Uh, we've got the mountains, the oceans, we've got the rivers, uh, and we've got the culture, we've got the food, we've got everything yeah. that the tourists want. And we are, you know, as we used to say in the past, the world in one country. So as a country, when you talk about any tourism experience, perhaps except for constant snow, uh, (laughs) but we do have some snow in the Drakensberg, when the weather permits. But we we, we are one of those destinations that many people think of when they think of traveling. 
uh, we have value for money, meaning that, you know, for the amount of money that a tourist has, that money is able to go a very, very yeah. long way yeah. uh, in terms of entertainment, hospitality, and everything that has to do with it. So when it, when it comes to that, we are a destination of choice. We just have to make sure that whatever we have to offer and the experiences that we have to offer are put out there to the world so that the world can see and they can be able to say, aha, this is the place that I need to go to. And a lot of people, you know, I've, I've spent some time in the U.S., you know, while I was uh, still younger, uh, about six to ten years. And, uh, you know, you talk to a lot of people and, uh, you know, and you, when you start to explain to them what we have to offer, they're like, well, I didn't know that. So yeah. we are a diverse tourism destination from business travel to leisure yeah. travel to conferencing to everything in between. Right. We are that destination that has a lot to offer. So I always say that, uh, you know, any tourist that wants to have a choice, whether you're a domestic traveler, whether uh-huh. you, you want to go to a dam yeah. or a park, you want to go to a restaurant, you want to go and, and, and walk in Senten, you want to walk in a village, you want to go to Soweto, or you want to go to Kailicha or Umlazi. We have everything that's, uh, that's right. there, you know, I'm, to offer. I, yeah. I'm curious about what you've just said when you said uh, when you lived in the U.S. and you tell people about the wonders of South Africa and they say, I didn't know that. It speaks to marketing and messaging. And an interesting thing has happened recently, which is because so many wonderful South African made films and love stories are on Netflix, it's created an interest in travelers who want to see South Africa because there's a visual representation of life in Africa or South Africa on Netflix. What else could be happening to really improve on the message of South Africa without lying to people about what they're going to experience in South Africa, but really selling the best of the country? Well, we've got to leverage on these things. And we've been looking for this type of uh, you know, exposure for quite some time. Yeah. Uh, to make sure that people can see it visually, to say, well, this is exactly what South Africa can offer. And also, part of it is lifestyle. A lot of people look at Africa as a hard destination. They don't look at us as a place where, you know, you can come for lifestyle. You can go to Moros Ark and sit uh, and have, uh, you know, a nice cup of coffee. They don't look at that. They look at animals and, you know, maybe we'll climb a mountain, but they don't look yeah. at that. So we've got to leverage all these things that the likes of Netflix or Showmax or many others are doing in terms of exposing the talent that we have here, you know, at home. And how do we expose that? We've got to make sure that there's a call to action. If someone sees something that's positive about South Africa or that's touristy about South Africa, where do they go, you know, to seek more information? How do we make sure that we, we convert that interest into a booking and into a travel. So that's one thing that's quite important that that's what we need to continually work on. Together with South African Tourism, the Department of Tourism, ourselves as the private sector, we've got to convert, 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 because that's what results in job creation and impact to the economy. Let's talk about job creation because unfortunately there were setbacks caused by uh, COVID-19, its lockdowns and restrictions worldwide. Uh, It's limited the amount of travel that can happen. And so what that's done is it's led to significant uh, declines in the tourism economy, which used to contribute 6% or so to GDP and now 3%. Can South Africa recover those visitor figures, even though COVID is still upon us? No, absolutely. We can recover. You know, one of the things that I have been seeing in the numbers that we look at, I just look at the numbers from uh, last month and uh, they were quite positive. Actually, one of the best months we've ever had since uh, since, uh, 2019. So it simply means that we are getting there. 
And this is mainly driven by domestic leisure travel and corporate travel. We still are yet to unlock the international markets. And what do I mean by that? We still don't have enough numbers coming from the European side, uh, including the UK uh, side. We still have to recover that. We still, USA is doing much better uh, because, uh, you know, the, you know, people have a different attitude towards COVID. So they're coming in. But, you know, Asia is still, has still, has still a long way to go uh, in terms of China coming yeah. on board, in terms of India coming on board. We still need to do more work. Then, of course, Australia, you know, it's also an important key market. So we need to make sure that, uh, you know, in order for us to create those jobs, we've got to recover the numbers. We've got to yeah. stimulate demand. We've got to reposition our brand. We've got to go into the market and show visuals. A lot of people have been locked down in their house. They need to see new things that's going to excite them. And we have those new things to excite them to come to the country. What about marketing to non-traditional markets? You've spoken about uh, the UK, Germany, the United States, even Australia being travelers to South Africa. But what about tapping into the buying power of a Ghana or an Egypt or a Kenya or a Brazil or a Turkey? People who've got money to spend but uh, wouldn't instinctively think of visiting South Africa. Yeah, that, that's something that we, we have to work on harder. And, and you know, the, what's going on in this country uh, in terms of, uh, uh, you know, the xenophobic attacks doesn't help us in marketing in those countries because people don't feel welcome. But Nigeria is a very important market. Ghana is an important market. Kenya is an important market. And, of course, you know, the northern part of Africa, Egypt, Algeria, Morocco, very important markets. However, we need to make sure that we, we, we deal with these visa issues. Because if you live in Nigeria, for you to get a visa to come to South Africa, it's, uh, it's something that you have to wait for years sometimes. And sometimes for, you know, for yeah. time that you know, you, you rather go and say, well, I need to go to Dubai to do my shopping instead of going to Centre. Yeah. So visa regime is quite important. We have been talking about Ghana for some time to say we need to give Ghana visa waiver, but that has not come through. Yeah. So there's a part that government needs to do. And that part is to make sure that it's easier right. for people to visit the country by way of making sure that they get their visas on time, making sure that uh, it's easier for them to get visa. People are not right. queuing. You've got millionaires, you know, in, in Nigeria who are queuing in line to get visas to come to South Africa. They'll rather go to where it's easier. Yeah. And they'll go and shop there and we'll lose revenue. Yeah. So we need to get that revenue down in South Africa. Angola, if you look at the highest spenders, uh, yeah. you know, uh, into, into South Africa, the yeah. Angolans are the highest spenders. Yeah. We've got to make it easier. We've got to have airlift. It doesn't help to say, well, you can come to the country, but you've got to fly via, via, via. Yeah. We've got to make sure that there are direct flights. So we are underserving the African continent. That's one thing for sure. And that's something that we've got to be in, intentional about it through, you know, perhaps African uh, free, you know, trade area. Free trade area. You've said an important thing. Uh, you use the word xenophobia. Others say it's not xenophobia. It's dealing with illegal immigrants. To what extent has this really um, affected the South African narrative? No, it, it does affect us quite a lot. You know, when we market in, in the African continent, and yes, uh, there is a problem of illegal immigrants. We need to deal with that. Uh, but we need to make sure that we, we are distinct. There are tourists uh, that want to come here, that want to spend money, stay in our hotels. They happen to come from the African continent. They need to be able to come here freely without any fear. So how do we balance, you know, the problem or the challenge that we have of, of, of illegal immigration with, you know, the tourists that want to come to the, to, to, to the, to the country? And how legally. do we distinguish between the, the two? Because yeah. there are people who want to come here legally. And so are South Africans who want to travel legally to many other parts of the world, yeah. and we do so. 
So we've got to distinguish between the two, and we've got to make sure that we deal with the problem at its core. And we still welcome those that want to come here, and they need to feel, you know, welcome. And the feeling is important because the feeling cannot be controlled. Yeah. Uh, you know, we may have facts on the table to say that we're dealing with illegal immigrants, but if they feel that, uh, you know, they are not safe, yeah. then they will choose another destination to go to. So yeah. we've got to deal with that. I think that we, we have an opportunity as a country. Tourism is important in terms of creation, both in urban and rural areas. So we need to make sure that we get as many tourists as possible to create these jobs. And part of it is getting rid of barriers, be a welcoming nation, and also making sure that uh, there are more flights that are you know, yeah. going around the continent and other parts of the world. It's the second time you reference airlift and the SAA story. Um, the collapse of SOA, the, the grounding of SAA, whatever the euphemism, um, to what extent has that really compromised South Africa's tourism position? Because, yes, people can still come to South Africa, but they've got to fly via Addis Ababa using ET, uh, Nairobi using KQ, or uh, Dubai using Emirates. Now, look, you know, the, the story of SAA is very sad for the industry because, uh, you know, you do want, you know, that area that uh, bears the flag uh, of the country, it, it gives you goosebumps if you're in JFK or in Dubai when you're about to hop onto that plane. So we've got to make sure that we do have a carrier that uh, carries the flag and that gives us the pride. So, so it's important that we acknowledge the fact that, you know, SAA was very important and instrumental, you know, in our marketing efforts and bringing people into the country. Number two, what we have now is that a lot of people are going via other countries. And when yeah. people go via other countries, they leave revenue in those countries or in those airports yeah. or in those hubs. Yeah. The largest carrier now inbound is, is Emirates coming into, into South Africa. So yeah. we're going to make sure that we turn around those fortunes. We reclaim the routes that we used to have. As, if you look at the USA, we used to have a flight yeah. from New York. We used to have a flight from uh, Washington, D.C. Yeah. Now we have uh, other you know, American-based airlines that are flying into the yeah. country. We, we are happy with that. We, we don't have any problem with that because for us it's to make sure that we get people into the country. But what we're saying is that, you know, a national carrier is important uh, or the airline that bears the flag is important uh, for the pride of the nation and to make sure that when we market, you know, we're putting people in a South African airways or airline uh, that brings, you know, yeah. people from various countries into and the experience starts from there, yeah. from within the flight when they are coming into the country. They start to feel it. They know that, you know, they are going somewhere special yeah. uh, other than uh, when they are being carried by other, you know, carriers. So it's just, those are, that's just the distinction. But we like every airline to come here. Airlift yeah. is important. For us, it's as many people coming into the country, impacting the tourism economy and the value chain and making sure that right. the jobs come back. Let's talk about those jobs and what kinds of jobs and how secure are those jobs because there's different kinds of tourism jobs. And depending on what you're doing in the tourism sector, either your work is seasonal or it's permanent. And that can be quite uh, disconcerting for young job seekers. Well, it can. Uh, you're quite right. We do have seasonal jobs because our industry sometimes can be seasonal, especially on the conferencing side, exhibition side. Uh, but there are people who survive on that who can be able to earn an income to last them for a few months while they wait for the next gig to come. That's just the nature of our industry. But we also have permanent jobs of which, you know, when you have more tourists, com- tourists coming into the country, you do have jobs that are created on a permanent basis. And there are people working hotels, B&Bs, experiences, and many other things on a permanent basis because of that. So that's quite critical. And that's something that uh, we have seen about 1.5 million jobs pre-COVID that are supported by tourism. 
We have since lost around 473,000 jobs, uh, you know, from our tourism economy. So we still have a long way to go to get people in. Again, we need to also look at the informal jobs. And I'm here in Durban now. If you go to the beach, there are people who are selling at the beach. Yeah. There's someone who's selling ice cream, selling T-shirts, hats, and many other things, you know, arts and crafts and, and whatnot. Those are the jobs that are mainly supported by tourism. Yeah. So we should always remember that as much as we've got formal jobs, we've got many informal jobs. We've got many long-distance bus drivers here in our country that are dependent on people moving from one place to the next, which is part of tourism. So very important that we acknowledge that you know its impact goes beyond just what we call the immediate tourism. It goes into agriculture. It goes into those that are manufacturing. Right. People that are in farming. That are there are people who farm specifically for hotel groups. You know, salads and cutting fruits and uh-huh. vegetables to make sure that you know the cooking can be easier, can be quicker. There are many people that are dependent. So it's important that we look at the formal side of jobs, the informal side of jobs, and we're going to look at those that, those communities that live close to the attractions, that when we drive and we go to a certain attraction, they end from us stopping, yeah. spending some money. Yeah. They make sure that, you know, they send their kids to school. So it's very important. And the value chain and who we touch as a tourism industry, quite critical for this economy. And it's so broad from what you say. Finally, let's talk about innovation. It's all good and well for South Africa to want to leverage its tourism endowments but how's about helping our neighbors Botswana, Eswatini, Mozambique and creating synergies that would keep people in the region for longer. Lots of talk about the Transfrontier Park Um, we've seen the Rovos Rail introducing a line where you travel to the Kruger Park then you cross over into Chobe then to the Vic Falls. Could we see many many more of these synergies? We absolutely have to see more of that uh, because when we market to, to those that want to come to, let's say, in South Africa, not only do they want to come to South Africa, they want to go to Zimbabwe, they want to go to Botswana, Namibia, and many other you know, countries within the SADC region. So we've got to make sure that we have got connectivity. And when we sell, and, and it's something that we already started doing, we sell you know, as a region to say, you know, come to South Africa, spend some time here, but go to Mozambique as well and enjoy you know, the sandy beaches of Mozambique. Now, we cannot do that if we're not cohesive as a region, especially as a SADC region. And that's something that, you know, has been exposed during COVID. We didn't even have the same protocols in terms of people moving from one country to the next. Uh, and, uh, you know, at what we're doing now, we, we're putting together what we call the tourism working group for the SADC region, whereby we as a private sector are going to be able to sit down and say, what are the challenges that we have? How can we solve these challenges? How do we make sure that tourism flows within the region, and does so smoothly. And when people want to cross the border, be it land borders or they are flying into another country, we've got harmonized protocols yeah. of moving around. And also, we need to look at this thing of univisa. If, if a tourist who's coming to South Africa and they don't require a visa to come here, why should they require a visa to go to Mozambique? Vice versa. We need to get this univisa thing where we can recognize someone who already has a South African visa. They should be able to go to Zim, Mozambique, or Swaziland. We should not be duplicating and saying that you need to get another visa, that deters tourists. So that's something that we have to look at from the policy point of view, from the SADC region. We also have to look at air connectivity in the SADC region, prices of flying within the SADC region. We've got to make sure that you know it's affordable and people, even right. us who live in the SADC region, are able to move around and able to enjoy the products and experiences that uh, this region has to offer. 
It's been a joy and you've just spurred in me that wanderlust, that need to say, oh, I need to go somewhere. Chifuwa Chivengwa, thank you so much for coming through. He's the Chief Executive of Tourism Business Council, South Africa. You've been listening to a Power 98.7 podcast. For more podcasts, visit power987.co.za or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.